No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade. As always, I'm just here to ask the questions for you, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it. As always, I hope our listeners are doing well today. Brian, I've been hearing about some uh, advancements on the COVID-19 front insofar as vaccines and therapeutics go. Uh, you know, we've talked about AstraZeneca working on that very hard. They're in phase two, almost ready to go into phase three. If there is a vaccine or a therapeutic that comes into play here, oh, I'd say in the next couple of months, by the end of the year, I should say, does that mean that the market is going to bounce back right away and it's going to be, hey, 2019 all over again? Or is is this going to have such a lasting effect that people are going to really remember this for a long period of time? Or do Americans have short memories? Both and all. Okay. <laughs> think, uh, on what you just said there. You know, we've been talking about for months during this crisis that the world is going to be the haves and the have-nots and those that adapt and those that don't. And it's going to affect different people and different businesses very differently. And I thought of an analogy of adaptation. I was thinking back on two companies that essentially did the same thing. If you want to watch a movie, you drive to Blockbuster or you send in your, your envelope to Netflix and you got your three discs in the mail. So they both sold movies and, you know, one was a little more immediate, one you had to wait a little bit, but you didn't have to drive anywhere. So, you know, kind of similar business models. But since then, I, I think they've had a little diversion of, of success and failure. Yeah. yeah, Blockbuster, of course, went out of business and Netflix is one of the biggest companies in the world. So one adapted 
And you would have thought, oh gosh, now that you can just pull something up on your TV and Netflix isn't in that business, they're going to fail. But boy, they did not fail. And so now, you know, you look at something like that as, you know, an example of adapting uh, quite well to a change in the environment. Now, I have little doubt that we have not even begun to calculate the tsunami of the effect that pulling money out of the economy, not having consumer-driven economy, we just saw the GDP have its biggest drop ever. And that has a ripple effect. And it's not just, okay, this month it's down, but we'll be fine from now on. It doesn't work that way. It has a a long-term ripple effect. You think of the supply chain of even like Boeing. So Boeing, I think, had one new sale last quarter and, I don't know, hundreds of cancellations. Okay, they have a big backlog. But what does that do to their suppliers and their supply chain? So all their suppliers are going, huh, well, if they're not making planes right now, we, we have to stop. And if they stop, all the people they order from have to say, oh, we have to stop. And then you're going to throw this big wrench into the supply chain. And you can't just fix that overnight either. So that has a ripple effect. And people are going to get laid off from that. And then so and so it goes. And they're not spending money. And if they're not spending money, then the local economy, they, they can't do things. And then the government isn't collecting their sales tax revenue, local, state and local sales tax. That might be everything that funds them. Now, they got to start laying people off. You know, you, you just kind of sense a, a ripple happening in this example that it will really be hard to overcome. Yeah, we were talking about Boeing. I was uh, listening to an interview with the CEO of Boeing a couple of days ago, and he talked about the fact that their business was down 75%, only flying 25% of the routes, and they're sending layoff notices to the pilots' unions. And when the airline industry does rebound as much as it's going to rebound, he thinks that business travel is going to be greatly down because you don't need to fly to here or there across the country to have a meeting anymore. People are doing it as a result of the technology that we have today, things like like Zoom. Leisure travel will come back, but it's not going to account for the business travel. So the airline industry is going to be greatly affected, the hotel and the travel industry in general. You know, we had an industrial age uh, after the uh, agrarian age, and now we're in this technology age. And as you said, businesses really need to adapt. We mentioned last week that businesses like Sears and JCPenney didn't adapt. And now a lot of people are working from home. So do you think that as a result of businesses adapting like this and not having to have offices the way that they used to, that this is going to be a plus for the economy? Is it going to have no effect or a minus? Well, it's definitely going to have a big effect. And you bring up something interesting. I'm thinking about, you know, you're right. I mean, business travel is is going to drop dramatically permanently. We're going to figure out ways to, it used to be, we, we had to shake your hand, you know, and now nobody shakes anybody's hand. Right. And so, okay, well, if I don't have to shake your hand and, and okay, but I'm too old to learn this technology. I'm, I'm old school. I, I'm going to fly and talk to you in person. Well, now it's forced all, all this old cronies to, to stop saying that and go, well, you know, now Brian's really good with Zoom. You know, I'm coaching people on it. Older people call me for our, our Zoom meetings. And we're all used to it now. So now it's kind of a normal thing instead of this weird young person thing that, you know, I probably held that that thought, you know, seven, eight months ago. Well, now I'm thinking, well, why do I have to go anywhere? Why can't I do a national conference from afar? They, we can, everybody can zoom in I, or I, if I'm not there, I could do it on screen and I could be interactive. Uh, why not? Why do I have to fly there? So I, I think that there is going to be a big change, but it, it occurred to me kind of a chuckle I had when you were talking. I was thinking back, you know, okay, we got to get this Green New Deal. All the politicians are out there. We got to cut carbon and all that. I think we just did. I 
I don't think we have to do any more legislation. COVID kind of took care of that. We're not flying. We're not driving. We're not going on cruise ships. We're not using uh, petroleum like we used to. Uh, As time goes by, the battery technology is improving. I'm sure as we speak, you know, things are are being adjusted there. So I'm not even sure we need to go uh, revisit the Green New Deal. (laughs) I think it kind of forced itself upon us with COVID. Yeah, nature sort of took care of that. I mean, a lot of cities have cleaner air than they've ever had before. So yeah, there is a positive effect of this. I mean, you really have to look for that silver lining, but there is one out there. And with artificial intelligence, I was thinking in robots and computers and so forth, you know, maybe those alien images that we used to see of the, you know, the aliens with the great big heads and and no hands and and our, you know, not even little hands or whatever, that's going to be the way that we're going to, you know, evolve over the years because, you know, we have machines that pretty much do everything for us these days. Do you think that the way that this is going is going to change the way that people invest forever? People are going to be shied away from the market a little bit and scarred by this, and it's going to be safe money all the way. Well, I think it's going to be a lot of conversations going to change. And later on the show, I'm going to share some statistics on pension plans and ones that are woefully unfunded. So a lot of people are relying on state and local uh, pension plans or, or company pension plans, maybe in for a little surprise down the road. I mean, we've talked about Social Security and, and the solvency of that and what we think can happen there. But we, there's some big issues out there. So, yeah, I think uh, more and more of my conversations are less about, hey, how can I make double-digit returns in the stock market, which I tell people you, you can't consistently unless you're super lucky or undiversified and know which company to pick. But there's been less and less discussions with people about how do I, you know, supercharge my portfolio as opposed to more and more about how do I protect it? How do I rely on this? I'm worried about the world. I'm thinking about moving out of the area. I'm thinking about pulling out of the market permanently. I, you know, there's more and more discussions around that. So I do think the discussions will evolve from where they've been uh, somewhat to more of a yeah, protective strategy instead of just a super growth strategy. Well, we know that safe money strategies do give you a safe return on your investment. It, they're not really big, big returns, but they're going to be safe. If you're a younger person and you're looking for more than just those single digit returns and you're not done with a market, how will you know when it is safe to stick your toe back in the water again? Well, I think as a young person, I've always said the best investment is investing in yourself, you know, your education. Now's a great time to invest in, okay, given the post-COVID world, what does my future look like? And where should I be gaining skills and knowledge and so forth so I can provide for that in the future? And and so, you know, and there's also uh, thinking about having a place to live. A lot of young people, you know, are making really good money and they're, you know, maybe spending it on and stuff, but in the end, they're not going to have a place to live. So they got to be thinking about that. What's their plan for having a place to live? Problem is, I think a lot of young people, a lot of millennials, and I I know some that have told me, yeah, I plan on having 10 different jobs in 20 years. Oh, okay, so you're just going to be a vagabond. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to move around because I can just keep moving and do different things and have fun. And so you're not going to own any house. You know, you're going to wake up one day, you're going to be 45 and go, I have no equity in a house. And uh, all the decent ones are two and a half million dollars or whatever they're going to be. And I go, hmm, yeah, I I didn't think about that. So, you know, with with movement of jobs and so forth, you you just got to consider that. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying consider that in your life plan as to are you going to have a place to live when you retire? 
Yeah, I think the uh, strategy for younger people and even middle-aged people is different than it used to be. I mean, you talked about having 10 different jobs, and, you know, people don't stay in jobs for 30 years anymore the way that they used to. There's also this thing called the gig economy, in which people don't work for somebody else, they work for themselves, and that presents a whole new set of problems in terms of planning for retirement if they ever retire. As an independent person who doesn't have a 401k through a job, is it still possible if you're a gig worker to secure a good retirement? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you can have your own retirement plan. You can maybe have a business you can sell someday, that kind of thing, or maybe make a lot and and you're lucky. But one of the issues with the gig workers that I've noticed is things are great, things are great, things are great, and they kind of have all their eggs in one basket. And when 2008 happens or 2001 or 2020, all of a sudden it all went away (laughs) kind of overnight. And, you know, huh, that restaurant I just opened didn't work out so good or or this new travel business or you know, whatever it is. I mean, just saying that when you put a lot of eggs in one basket, there is, you do run the risk of that basket, you know, being dropped. And so you, that is why we diversify into things that maybe aren't as exciting. Maybe a fixed index annuity isn't very exciting. And I've had people, it was interesting, we'll talk about fixed index annuities later in the show, but I've, I've had people as recently as last December saying, you know, tell me again why we're in this. Uh, you know, the Dow's 29,000. It's not going to stop. Our economy's going to rock and roll. Everything's going great. Why, why did we put any money into safe money? And uh, now that conversation switches. Thank goodness I had that. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to ebb and flow. But I th- I think a lot of people are going to be turning to more having that in their portfolio, diversifying their investment strategies going forward, rather than putting all eggs in one basket, seeing what can happen just overnight that no one no one could predict. I always think of the fixed index annuity as sort of the minivan of investments. It's safe. It's reliable. <laughs> it's not particularly sexy, but it'll get you there. Maybe not as fast as some other forms of transportation. But, you know, I'm a minivan type of person. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA. Certainly glad you decided to make us part of your day today. If you would like to speak with an advisor here at Madrona Financial and get a no-cost, no-obligation plan, you can do that by calling 844-MADRONA. 844-MADRONA, you can get a full plan or you can have sort of a just a casual, short conversation if you want. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth, our show continues right after this. Stay with us. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Has your financial advisor called you lately? If you're retired or about to, you need to know how your money is being managed now more than ever. Madrona Financial Services is dedicated to retirement planning and is now offering virtual or phone reviews to help answer the most critical questions about your money. Call them now at 844-MADRONA to schedule your meeting. The meetings are convenient, safe, and designed to provide maximum retirement income. If you haven't heard from your advisor lately and are unsure about your real exposure to risk or exactly how your savings are invested, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA right now for your virtual or phone meeting. Every minute your advisor doesn't call you could cost you. Get the facts about your money and call the retirement team at Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Again, that's 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors, this is impacting many of us and our neighbors. 
Losing a job is hard enough. But with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com that's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we'll be talking about pensions and how well-funded they are. And Brian, you know, in the old days, we've talked about this retirement stool that had several legs to it to make it steady there. Social Security was the one leg. Pensions was yet another leg. And then you had your savings for the third leg. It occurs to me that today, you know, Social Security is still there. Maybe the wood is not as solid as it used to be, but it's still there for the time being. And hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get that leg a little bit more solid here in the next couple of years. Some people have savings. Pensions is the other leg of that stool. And I understand understand that there is a much smaller percentage of people who have pensions versus when our parents and grandparents were alive. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of statistics out there. I, I pulled something up, I think it's probably pretty accurate. It said only about 13% of private sector workers have a pension these days, but 77% of state and local government workers have one. So certainly when I'm talking to a state and local government worker, pension is a huge part of what they planned on for their retirement. A lot of them have uh, really nice promises. And, you know, this, this segment's kind of about, well, how, how good is that promise? Yeah, promises are made to be broken sometimes. We all heard that. Well, the COVID-19 crisis, I think, certainly could have some long-term effects on public pensions because it occurs to me that possibly uh, revenue, tax revenues are falling due to the crisis. And, you know, that's going to affect the health of these pensions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, even before Corona, uh, according to one of the statistics, I found that the state pension plans across the country were already more than $1 trillion not a billion, but a trillion dollars short of the funding needed to pay their promised obligations to retirees. Now, that was before COVID. And, and like any of these kinds of things, you're like, oh, my, a trillion, how are we going to get that? It's not a trillion we're talking about because you don't have this thing fixed. It's a trillion if you fixed it. And going forward, that's your debt and it's static. But the gap over the next three years is supposed to widen to another $650 billion on top of the trillion pre-COVID. So let's just round up to $2 trillion. And then it'll be $3 trillion. And then it'll be $4 trillion. And before you know it, you know, these, we're already essentially there. I mean, there's a lot of uh, municipalities and states across the country that are bankrupt. They just haven't told anybody yet, but they are. And so... We have to look at this and start talking about this because, you know, pension plans being a trillion and, and, and growing that, where's that supposed to come from? And that's that's something that, you know, people that, that have worked their whole life are going, well, wait a second, I put my whole retirement plan around that and you're telling me it's not funded. So and that's why I want to have this discussion. 
Well, we've all heard that banks are FDIC insured. Are public pensions insured? Is there any sort of a safety net? Well, yes and no. So there is the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp. And that's out there to say, okay, we'll cover you. We're the feds. We'll cover you. But uh, during the break, I I made an analogy that I'll repeat to everybody here. Let's say that Allstate, uh, and I'm just picking on an insurance company and don't know anything about Allstate finances, but let's say they have billions of dollars in the bank and they're AAA rated and they're the best insurance company out there. And they have, you know, millions and tens of millions of auto policies out there. And they're doing fine there. Their premiums cover all the expenses and make a nice profit and everything's wonderful. But let's just say tomorrow, every single Allstate auto insured person crashes their car and totals it. Every one of them, 30 million totals across the country. Well, even though Allstate we thought, you know, was in great shape to, to cover everybody. They wouldn't be able to. They'd have to go bankrupt because everybody needed their thing. That's the thing about insurance. Insurance companies can't cover everybody at the same time. And so if we, if we have lots and lots and lots of pension plans all at the same time saying, yep, we're bankrupt too. Yep, we're bankrupt. Uh, oh, every municipality in our state is bankrupt and the state itself is bankrupt. And so are, you know, 27 other states. And they go, yep, us too. Well, there's no way that any insurance company, including the government, would be able to cover that. What would be a possible solution for these public pensions, municipalities? I mean, is there any way that they could recover from this and make these pensions healthy again? Well, let, let's let's start looking at some of the statistics and where these places are, and then we might get some answers to that. So 10th on the list of worst funded is Illinois teachers at 32%. So I taught my whole career in Illinois. I'm looking at this going... Huh, I have 32 cents on the dollar to cover my pension. I'm not liking that. Kentucky County employees, same number. Then we go to Dallas, police and fire, 26%. Wow. Chicago teachers, 24%. New Jersey, 23%. The state of Kentucky workers, 21% funded. Chicago police, 19 Charleston, West Virginia firemen, 15% funded. Now, Chicago municipal workers, 3.6% funded. Huh. (laughs) You think they can fix it? No, it's too late for that. Right. Uh, That one can't be fixed. And I don't think there's a will to fix it. I don't think that politicians in many states, I'm going to throw California, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Chicago, Illinois, many states don't have the political will to fess up and do anything about it. Now, we did have an example back when Detroit was running into these difficulties, and they actually did declare bankruptcy. Uh, They declared bankruptcy, but before they got there, they played some games. And I'm seeing other states start to play some games with their numbers to say, oh, no, we're not in trouble. We'll just play some funny math and change the rules a little bit in the short term. If someone listening to this program has a public pension of some sort and that pension is on shaky ground and unfortunately they paid into it for a number of years, but it's just not going to be there. Are there any solutions that they can take, any things that they can do to replace that pension by beginning to save in some other areas? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not as dire in certain areas of the country. And so the first thing I would do if I had a pension somewhere, I'd be doing some research as to, okay, how funded are we? Where's that funding coming from? So, for instance, Riverside, California issued a, uh, and this is what Detroit did, they issued a pension obligation bond. So they borrowed money 
to pay their pension obligations. Now, I wouldn't buy that bond personally. Right. But, you know, if you can't pay your obligations now and you're borrowing to pay your obligations, where's the fix? I don't see the fix coming. So that happened to Detroit. I mean, they couldn't even make the interest payments on them, and then they defaulted on those bonds, too. And, and I saw Riverside, California, issued $727 million in pension obligation bonds just to do play a little phony math. You know, hey, no, we're okay. <laughs> we'll just borrow our way into prosperity, one of my favorite terms. And so the first thing I would do is find out your particular pension. How well-funded is it? Secondly, a lot of people have come to me saying, all right, I'm, I'm being offered either the pension or a buyout. Uh, and so that's something that would go into that analysis. How strong is your pension? Am I even comparing apples to apples here, or am I not? Am I comparing, well, okay, Chicago promised you 130000 a year with 3% automatic increases, uh, which they basically have forever, and uh, yeah, that sounds great on paper, but I just read that they're bankrupt and going to be. And so is that as good? So a lot of decisions might be made around, is, is it solvent even? And, and if it's not, then we're, well, it's a pretty easy call. And let's take the, the lump sum. The next thing we can do is calculate, you know, does it make more sense to take a lump sum even, even if we think it's solvent? So that's something we do. And I can talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, diversifying stuff outside of that pension and, and making sure you have maybe you purchase a pension-like thing, like a fixed index annuity or something, if that's appropriate. So, yeah, there are, there are definitely things you can do, but certainly getting to know your own pension plan would be the first on my list. Yeah, every year you should receive a statement of some sort which tells you the health of your pension plan. I get one for a private pension that I have, and fortunately mine's in pretty good shape, but public pensions, certainly not the case. Do you think that pensions are just going to be a thing of the past, sort of like the dodo bird or the typewriter here pretty soon? Uh, yeah, I do. I, you know, we saw this with Boeing. Boeing's as big as a municipality, and, and they had to say, you know what, we can't fund a pension anymore. Even before all the problems that they had, they came to that determination. So we didn't know they were going to crash a couple planes, and sales were going to go, and, and the coronavirus was going to come. And even before all of that, they said, no, we got to go to uh, people self-funding their own pension through their 401k. And so they did that. Now, we're going to have to see that happen with uh, states and municipalities and teachers and firemen and, and so forth. I think that's, uh, that's an absolute outcome that's probably going to happen. Now, what's interesting on that front, too, is that uh, municipalities and, and so forth, they can file for bankruptcy. And states right now can't, but it was floated recently. It was interesting. It was McConnell from Kentucky who floated, oh, well, why don't we allow states to declare bankruptcy? And Kentucky's one of the worst offenders of being under, underfunded. Them and Illinois are the two. And so I'm like, huh, <laughs> that doesn't bode well, because if that goes through, then state workers would have a chance to, well, the states could file bankruptcy. And then we would see a situation where maybe they don't even pay or pay just a percentage to say, well, we declare bankruptcy, you're going to get 60% of what we promised or 50 or 40 or nothing or whatever it is. And so, yeah, we've started down a, a bad path. 
Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, when you declare bankruptcy, if a state declares bankruptcy, the creditors are going to get pennies on the dollar if they're lucky, but it's very possible that they could get nothing. So I would say that anyone listening right now who is banking on a pension, don't bank on that. You can bank on a pension. I should actually correct myself. You can bank on a pension, but you want to bank on a pension that you have created yourself. And there are certainly ways that you can do that. And I know that here at Madrona Financial Services, you help people do that every day. Have you you had many clients in your past who have pensions that you had to solve this problem for? No, this is a, a new thing, and I, you know, I don't want to you know, ring the alarm bells yet. Pensions aren't failing today. I'm thinking, though, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what's the outcome of the path that we put ourselves on, what states and governments and municipalities put themselves on, and then throw coronavirus in? <laughs> I mean, I was saying all this stuff before all the coronavirus that uh, we had this issue, and it's huge, and no one's talking about it, and very few people are talking about it. And so I think it's really imperative that you know people wake up. If you're in Illinois especially, you may go, huh, I think I'm in trouble here. I might need to do something to, to get out of this and, and figure out what that is now. Yes, you can buy you know fixed index annuities. They have pension-like attributes to them. And so that's something we can talk about. Other uh, cash flow producing things, but a lot of people, you know, okay, in retirement, I'm going to buy a bond portfolio, a laddered bond portfolio paying me 6%, and I'm going to have uh, some CDs paying me 5 and I'm going to have a pension that pays me forever and has increases for life. I'm awesome. Well, it was awesome, but maybe that plan's going to change because now you're not getting those, and, and maybe you're a little worried about that pension. You're listening to Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We're talking about pensions here and public pensions, of course, being in trouble and how you can create your own pension possibly with a fixed index annuity or a fixed annuity. And we're going to continue to talk about that here in just a moment. Also, pension buyouts, if you're offered a buyout, what you might want to do there. In the meantime, if you've got questions about pensions or your retirement in general or you want a complimentary plan with no obligation, again, the number to call to get that, 844 for Madrona. And the website, of course, is madronafinancial.com. We're going to take a quick break. Brian, when we come back, we'll talk about pension buyouts and more when our show continues after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more, and the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. 
We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about pensions and pension buyouts. And Brian, let's talk about what you should consider if you're offered a pension buyout or you want to turn a lump sum into cash retirement income for life. A lot of companies are offering pension buyouts. If you are offered a pension buyout at this point, considering the shaky nature of some pensions, do you think that this is something that you should seriously consider? Well, you want to do the research. So I think the crux of what we're talking about today is there is no right answer without doing the research. I can't say to take a buyout or not take a buyout on a pension until I understand how funded I think that the payer is. You know, how how good is that promise? The second thing is with a pension, typically there's no residual value, meaning that let's say that you took your pension and you say, oh, it's $100,000 a year, but I can get $80,000 a year if I cover my wife to. So I'm going to elect to take 80000 a year. And so it'll go till the second of us die. And so I'm all set. Well, two years later, plane goes down, you're both on it. What goes to your heirs? Mm, nothing. There's nothing to your heirs from a pension. So that is an issue with pensions. But let's say that's not a big deal because let's not go down in a plane. But one of the things about pensions that is on the positive side is they tend to pay more right away than an annuity could because the pension doesn't have any residual value, so they don't have to protect for that. Annuities do. Some of them even add to the account balance for the heirs with a free life insurance component. So there is a legacy component, and that can reduce how much you get. Now, one of the problems with pensions that I've seen is that there is no accounting for inflation. So you say, all right, I'm getting my 80000 a year, and that's great, but maybe in 30 years, 80000 doesn't go very far. And so that's something to consider, that most pensions don't have that. Now, fixed index annuities can have that. Many of them don't have uh, increases. Some do. And so I like to review the ones that do, because most of my clients, you know, if they do have a pension or Social Security, they don't anticipate increases in much at all, if any, that they might want that inflation protection. So that's just another thing I look at when considering whether to take a lump sum or do an annuity or some other mix of assets. If you are offered a pension buyout, and let's say that the amount of that pension is $300,000, or you could take $1,100 a month for the rest of your life, what sort of calculations go into figuring out whether or not the $300,000 you can do better with some other form of investment than the steady you know, $1,100 a month? That's a great question. So let's say that, uh, I'll simplify it, let's say it's $100,000, and One of the things I do is, okay, how much per year are they willing to pay you? And if you say, all right, they're going to pay me $5,000 a year. Okay, so $5,000 into $100,000, 20 years is your break even. How old are you now? 
And you say, okay, I'm, I'm 65. I'm like, okay, 85 years old is your break even. That's when you've gotten the money back that you could have had at the start. That's not very good. So my profit is only going to be any money I receive after already turning 85 if I make it that far. I'm like, yeah. So that one was pretty easy. Now, my next example, I asked that and they say, well, it's 6500 a year and it has a cost of living adjustment. I go, oh, okay, this is different. Now we might compute that your break even is going to happen in your 70s and you're going to have a lot of years of profit in that one. So I'm going to say, take the pension on that one was the first one. I'm going to say, ah, they're, they're just giving you your own money back. And that, that really doesn't have much upside. See, one of the problems that pensions are facing right now is bond yields. Now, with pensions, they're usually tied to some kind of multiple of on what they're gonna get from the interest from investing and buying an annuity. They're buying an annuity essentially too. And with interest rates so low, a lot of annuities are kind of tied to the 10-year treasury and they're saying, oh, guys, we can't earn any money on these treasuries we invest in, so we probably can't promise you a whole lot of gains over your lifetime. So we're, we're gonna go back to my example one, where we're basically giving you your own money back over your own life, and that's all we can pay. Now, other entities aren't tied to that quite the same. So I've, I've seen, you know, like I said, the calculations like the second one I did. When you do the calculation, go, wow, this is really awesome. This, they're paying you a huge amount and you get cost of living adjustments and all this, why wouldn't you take that pension? I'd, I'd take that pension. But often, more and more often, I'm seeing the first example where they, they just can't really give you a whole lot because they're pricing it based upon where the bond rates are today. If you are being offered this lump sum and you decide to go ahead and take that, you're going to go that way. What are some of the vehicles that you can use to invest this lump sum in that is going to be relatively safe so you make sure that you, you know, you've got this money for the rest of your life and you can't outlive it and there's something left over for your heirs? Well, you just explained an annuity, so oh, okay. uh, <laughs> that's, oh, good job, Jeff. We would do a, a financial plan and we're not going to say, hey, put all your money in annuities. Annuities are a component of my business. So I have Madrona Insurance Services and, and we can do fixed index annuities, fixed index universal life policies. So that's that's what we use that for. But there's a lot more money invested under our watch in the stock markets. And there's a lot of money invested in real estate, passive real estate. And there's a lot of money, you know, invested in all kinds of sectors across the globe. So there is no one answer for that question, Jeff, but I will say of the different attributes that things have, if I say, okay, I want some security, I want lifetime cash flow, if I die prematurely, I want money to go to my heirs, I don't want to worry about my spouse, I want her to get money if she outlives me 5, 10, 15 years. Well, that's an annuity. Those are the attributes of an annuity. That is not the attribute of a stock market investment. Now, one of the attributes of a stock market investment, I want something that potentially could go up 20% a year. Well, that's an attribute of a stock market investment, not an attribute of an annuity. And so each investment area has attributes that others don't have. So attributes of real estate and you know, passive real estate would be I have decent cash flow. Yeah, that's, that's an attribute of that. I can have potential growth. Yeah, I can have potential loss. Yeah, that, that too. Well, that you don't have that attribute with a fixed index annuity, right? Yep, that's right. You know, so we, we look at these different things, we piece them together. There is no one easy button for me to hit that does everything. And you know, I hearken back to that one 
prospect. He came in and, well, let me tell you what I want. I, I, I'd like to get really good returns. I said, what do you think is good? Mm, 20% or better. I don't want to take any risk. I want it to be liquid. And I was listening to him, and I remember, and I said, do you want it to be tax-free, too? He goes, wow, can you do that? I'm like, no, I can't do any of that. So I'm like, wow, wouldn't the world be a wonderful place if I could do all that with one product? It's safe, it's secure, it's liquid, it's tax-free, 20% a year return. You know, wow, okay. But uh, it's not realistic. So I have to do different kinds of things with different attributes. And my favorite portfolios, when we're all done, are the one, wow, we got an FIUL. We have some you know, tax-free cash flow in retirement. We got some gifted into an irrevocable trust for our kids next generation that won't be income or estate taxable. I got some cash flow for life. I got some real estates and we sold some rentals. I got some DSTs. I got stock markets. I got different sectors in there. Just a really diverse portfolio. Plenty of liquidity, growth potential, cash flow, security, tax advantage. I got all everything. So I love portfolios that can have attributes of many of the things I just listed. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're going to take our final break. Be back with more of our show right after this. Stay with us. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. I'm often asked about gifting strategies, and I know a lot of people think, well, I can never give more than 15000 a year to the next generation per person per year because that's the gift tax maximum, and if I go above that, I have to pay the tax. So currently, you can give away $11,580,000 during your lifetime or at death, and your tax rate federally is zero. So let's say that you gave somebody 115,000 this year. We know 15,000 is exempt. So you have a taxable gift of 100,000. That doesn't mean you pay any tax. Your tax rate is zero on that. What it does is you fill out form 709. You let the feds know that instead of 11,580,000 during my lifetime, I now only have 11,480,000 to give away during my lifetime or at death. So it's okay to go above the $15,000 maximum. For state purposes, they don't track that. So anything given away during your lifetime will not come back later. You don't have to fill out a state gift tax return. So that will never be taxed also at the state level, which is a much lower, about 2.2 million per person. And so I've had some people say, I'm gonna take advantage of this now because they think that in the future, the estate tax exemption could drop. And with the proposals put together by a lot of the politicians, it's probably going to be under the crosshairs of reducing the amount you can die with or give away during your life. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Madrona Financial. Investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to review some of the attributes of annuities. And Brian, you know, so many people have heard about annuities. They are a little bit misunderstood, I think. And, you know, there are people who hate annuities. There are people who love annuities. But really, I think nobody really digs down really, really deeply and gives you the information that you need to make an intelligent decision. So that's the goal of this particular segment is to really take the top off. Look under the hood of these annuities. So there are two types of annuities that I can think of. First off, there are immediate annuities and there are deferred annuities. So let's start with the basics. What's the difference between an immediate annuity and a deferred annuity? Yeah, well, the real basic is that annuities are essentially an investment product issued by an insurance company instead of a Wall Street company. And so that's the basic thing. So annuity can be many different things. But when we talk about immediate annuity as opposed to deferred annuity, these are the types that pay you cash flow. So an immediate annuity means you give them the money now, and then the next month you start getting your check. A deferred annuity, you put the money in now, and then at some future time you start getting the monthly checks. Now an immediate annuity could have a situation where it's it's immediate and it's a life-only annuity. Okay, so that will go as long as you're alive, whether that's one month or 50 years. Uh, it will pay you. You could have a period certain where even if you died after a month, had a period certain 10 years, it's going to pay for 10 years to your heirs. So there are different time periods of that. But the, essentially, the answer to your question is immediate annuities, as it sounds like immediate, they start paying right away. And and well, and the deferred annuities, you have to wait. And somebody might be listening. Well, why wouldn't anybody ever do a deferred one instead of immediate? Well, if you start taking it right away, you don't get as much because you know the insurance company hasn't had a chance to make any money on that. So your your cash flows, you know, your payments can be lower uh, over the term of your life than with a deferred annuity. So with a deferred annuity, the insurance company has the money for a little bit. They can make more money on that money and then turn around and give that money to you. If you're thinking about a deferred annuity, Brian, how far into the future should you defer that annuity for? What's the typical time length? Well, that's where I get, you know, the, we get to uh, earn our money because during the financial plan, you know, certainly the longer you wait, the better. But if I'm talking to a 65-year-old, I can't say, hey, let's get this deferred annuity, wait 10 years and start getting checks at 76. I go, 76? I don't want to wait till then. Of course not. If you're 50 years old, that's an easy discussion. Can you wait 10 years? Well, yeah. In fact, I'm forced to. It's in my IRA account. I can't take it out until I'm almost 60 anyway. Great. That one's easy. So now there's all the stuff in between, you know, and most people I'm talking about are, are tweeners. They're they're planning on retiring in less than 10 years. So I don't put them in a 10-year annuity necessarily, or I put some money into that maybe because they have other things that they can tap earlier. So it really depends on so many variables. Uh, primary one, how far are you from retirement? And so that's a big one. Now, one of the issues with the single premium immediate annuities is that most of them have no residual value. Uh, so when you pass away, that's it. There's no money to your spouse or heirs unless you know they were part of that too. Your spouse could be, but your heirs probably not. Whereas the deferred annuities do. And so you know there are some attributes on the on the tail end of that. But the planning part, matching an annuity that matches your cash flow needs and your retirement timing, is critical in whether to put you into an annuity or which kind to put you in. So the determining factor in an immediate or deferred annuity is how much time have you got before retirement? As you said, if you're 65 years old, hey, I might go with the with the immediate annuity. If you're 50, let's go with the deferred annuity. So that's the determining factor there. Under these umbrellas, there are three types I can think of, fixed, fixed index, and variable annuities. So let's 
talk about each of those in particular. First one, a fixed annuity. Now, I've heard this described as a CD on steroids. Why is that? Because it doesn't do what I just said the other annuities can do. So the other annuities, as I mentioned, annuities is a very broad term. The two I just talked about pay as your monthly checks. Fixed annuities don't do that. They're not designed to pay out like we think of an annuity. We think an annuity is not like a pension. is not like something comes in every month. can be, but a fixed annuity doesn't do that. They're just a safe investment issued by an insurance company. So you can go to the bank and say, okay, if I give you my money for five years, can you promise me an interest rate? And they say, yeah, sure, here it is. It's X. And then you go, okay, Brian, if I give it to an insurance company, can they promise me an interest on that money? I say, sure, it's X plus 1% or whatever it is. So it's just a a higher return than typical bank CDs. That's all it is. It doesn't promise you cash flow for life. It's just we promise you pay you X amount of interest for a period of time. It's fixed. So that's a fixed annuity. Now, Brian, I have someone in my family who's 103 years old, and God bless her, she might live to be 120. If she had gotten an annuity at age 60 and she turns 120, is she still going to be getting that money, or does it cut off at some point? Well, you know, some can cut off, and some, you know, certainly if she started taking that annuitized payment, most are guaranteed cash flow for life. So it all depends. You know, every company, there's so many companies that issue annuities. Every one of them has their own set of rules. Every one of them has their own crediting strategies, and most of them are pretty complex. They aren't very straightforward. Fixed annuities are. They're not complex. They're very straightforward, but every other annuity pretty much out there, the there's a lot of complexity to it, so there, there's a lot of art in the design of the proper annuity for someone. And that's why it takes someone like you to decipher all of this stuff, too, because as you said, they can be complex. So that's the fixed annuity. I mean, that's going to give you a fixed rate of return for the rest of your life. Let's talk about the fixed index annuity. What is the index that this is tracking? How does that work? Yeah, and it just occurred to me what I just said is, you know, there's, there's complexity to design of the proper annuities. I once met an advisor. He sells 45 million of annuities a year, and he is a hammer and everybody's a nail. Oh. That's all he sells. Yeah. Okay. And what what galled me was he claimed to be a fiduciary and he sold, you know, I said there are so many annuities and they're all have different attributes. They're very complex. It's easy, easy for him because his organization of twenty people sells one annuity. Wow. Yeah. So wow. not only is everybody a nail, everybody is a, you know, uh, <laughs> one shaped nail. Right, <laughs> right. That particular nail does every job out there it's it's a it's a spike and all you need is no i just want to put this little thing in the wall well you need a spike you know it's like yeah do I? yep you need a spike oh well i want to saw that board you need a spike oh well, <laughs> how's that gonna help i don't know but you need it you know so it really galled me that he only had one that so in the design of the fixed index annuities there's all different kinds of crediting strategies they might give you the S&P up to a ceiling and a floor of zero. They might give you a mix. Most of them have some funky mix of bonds and timing and stocks and with spreads or participation rates or something. But the one thing I will say, I listen to other shows on the weekend. And another thing that galls me is you get the gains of the market and never take any of the losses. And I was like, hmm. If I had something that gave me all the gains of the market and never any losses, I would sell 
more fixed index annuities than the GDP of Western Europe. I mean, I would just, <laughs> wow, who wouldn't sign up for that? You mean I get 20% last year when the market was up and I don't take a loss this year and I get all of the gains every year it's up. Oh man, we'd all be so rich. Well, the insurance companies wouldn't be, they'd all be out of business. No annuity does that. You can't get all of the gains of the market and none of the losses. So if they say, you're, they, they infer that on these shows and it drives me nuts that they're lying and uh, they shouldn't be saying that because that's just not accurate. And I've seen this thing too where they quote, you're going to get 7% guaranteed return too. Another lie, right? Oh, don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. You're supposed to get me started. You're <laughs> the co-host. Uh, yeah, that's a lie. Uh, you have to give something up to get that. What do you give up? You give up 12 payments. Oh, well, can't I just get 7% increases guaranteed? Well, yeah, they'll be 7% higher, but you have one less year to get them because you had to wait a year to get it. Same thing as Social Security. I can guarantee you 6.5% and 8% raises in Social Security, but you got to wait eight years and not get eight years of checks to get that. Well, that's kind of a push, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. You got to break even about age 79 or 80 on that decision. And so it's the same thing with annuities. Yeah, the longer you wait, the higher they'll pay you because you have less money. It's just a deferred calculation. And it's just, you know, the, you're a year older. So it's not rate of return. You're not getting a 7% rate of return because if that were the case, I'd get that 7% raise and I'd get those 12 payments. That sounds like a 7% rate of return. But you're just older. That's all. Brian, just a few more minutes left here in the program, but I do want to touch on variable annuities. What are they all about and why may they not be a fit for some people? Well, variable annuities, they like anything, they can have good times and, and not good times. So variable annuities are tied to the stock market. So you buy one of those, you're going to have, you know, if the market's been good, like the 11, last 11 years pre-COVID, you say, I, I kind of like my annuity. I, I didn't do as well as my market investments because the fees were high in the annuity. But I did have some protections that the market investments didn't give me, and I've done quite well. So a lot of people might be in that boat. But if you didn't buy them at the right time, uh, because they're in the market, they don't have those uh, floors of zero annually, like a fixed index annuity. They're not what I consider safe money. They're safer than the market because there are some guarantees built into most variable annuities. But they don't you know, foot the bill as a safe investment. That's, that's where I go to fixed index annuities as my uh, go-to for uh, lifetime cash flow, increasing lifetime cash flow, that sort of thing. Brian, if you're thinking about purchasing an annuity, what is the minimum amount that you should consider putting into one? Well, I mean, certainly uh, if you do a minimum, you go, I want lifetime cash flow. I'm going to put in you know, $20,000, which I think is the minimum on these things. That's not going to be a whole lot more than a cup of coffee a week. You know, it's just not going to get you very far. So you do have to do it. I, I look at things in percentages. What percentage of your retirement portfolio would you like to be allocated to lifetime increasing cash flow? And they might say, well, maybe 40 or 30 or whatever it is, 50, zero, I don't know. So it, it kind of depends on that. Now, we do have our own minimums here, but I will say some people might say, well, gee, Brian, I, I have 200000 in an IRA now, and I have 800000 in my 401k, but I'm only 55. I'm still working there. I do plan on retiring down the road and maybe moving other assets to you down the road. Can I do an annuity now with that two hundred grand with you? And yeah, you can. I mean, we would waive our, our normal minimums for that if we thought this would be a, a good long-term relationship that fits our minimums uh, later on. So I just want to throw that out there. If you have questions about annuities and whether or not they might be a good solution for you, I highly encourage you to get in touch with the folks here at Madrona Financial Services. Again, that number 844-MADRONA. You can also find out more about the firm online, of course, at madronafinancial.com. 
Once again, Brian, we're out of time for this week. Before we go, I want to thank everyone for listening to us today and invite you to join us again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. Have a great Saturday. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled, travel plans have been canceled, sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com.